0: Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim Alhamdulillahir Rabbil Alamin Wassalatu Wassalamu Ala Rasulihil Karim Wa Ala Alihi Wasahbihi Ajmaeen Amma bad Hazrat Abdullah Ibn Masood Raziyallahu Anhu that someone asked the Holy Prophet Sallallahu about doubts that uh, what is the ruling about the doubts of kufr and shirk that come to a person's mind the Holy Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam replied these are a sign of iman once a Sahabi asked the Holy Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, O Prophet of Allah, sometimes we get such doubts and thoughts in our hearts that we should rather burn to cold than express those thoughts. In answer to this question, the Holy Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said the same thing, that it is a sign of Iman. In our Hadith, the Holy Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said, praise to be Allah that he limited the Satan's trickery and deceit to doubt. It means that Satan won't be able to influence a moment beyond putting doubts in their mind. In another hadith, the Holy Prophet Sallallahu Wasallam said, Allah Ta'ala will overlook the doubts that will enter my ummah's mind. There are two types of doubts. The first type is about beliefs. For example, the Satan puts doubts in the, into a person's mind <clears throat> about whether Allah Ta'ala exists, maazallah, or whether there is going to be a life after death or not. The Holy Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam himself said, that such doubts, uh, that about, said about such doubts that as long as your beliefs are correct, no matter how many doubts you get, inshallah, a person will not be questioned for these doubts. And neither does a person become a kafir because of such doubts. As long as a person is a moment in their heart, in their words and with their actions, these doubts coming to their mind do not harm them. Therefore, a person should not worry about them. The other type of th- thoughts and ruminations are those about committing sins. For example, a person gets temptation or impulses to commit one sin or the other. Allah Ta'ala has decreed that if a person gets thoughts or temptation to commit a sin, they will not be penalized for that thought unless they act on it. If they do act on it, only then they will be penalized for that action. Whatever a person, whenever a person gets the temptation to commit a sin. The best remedy is to pray to Allah Ta'ala that, Oh Allah, I'm getting temptations to commit this sin. Please save me from this sin. That way you will be protected from the adverse effects of such thoughts, inshallah. The third type of rumination is Mubah or permissible because these are not thoughts about sins, but these thoughts do stop a person from focusing on an act of worship. For example, as soon as we start praying our Salah, we start getting thoughts of all sorts into our mind, even though these thoughts, are, for example, about a job, about a family, about a business, are not sinful thoughts in themselves. But because of these thoughts, our mind does start straying from our salah, and it inhibits us from developing khushu. And because these thoughts are coming involuntarily, we won't, inshallah, be held accountable for and penalized for them, and they will be forgiven. However, one should make an effort not to think about extraneous thoughts deliberately while praying salah when you begin your salah with saying Allahu Akbar turn your mind towards salah when you are reading sana focus on the words of sana then we are reciting start reciting surah al fatiha focus on the words of surah al fatiha if your mind wanders away involuntarily then inshallah you won't be penalized for it however when you realize that your mind had wandered away Try to focus your attention again on the words of Salah. If a person keeps doing this for a period of time, then these wandering thoughts will inshallah subside over time and Allah Ta'ala will grant that person khushu. Many people get distressed and anxious because of the random thoughts that come during Salah. As a result, they start thinking that their Salah is soulless and useless and it just comprises of sitting, standing and bowing. We should never undervalue our Salah. It is a great blessing of Allah Ta'ala that he gave us the motivation to pray the Salah while there are millions of Muslims in the in this world who unfortunately do so on a regular basis. It's a great blessing of Allah Ta'ala that he gave us the motivation, this motivation. We should thank Allah Ta'ala for it and should not consider our Salah useless because of these random ruminations. We'll inshallah not be penalized for these involuntary ruminations that come without our volition. However, do not deliberately bring Unrelated thoughts to your mind during Salah. We have been commanded to deliberate about the meaning of Quranic verses when reading the Quran Kareem. If during Salah a person reflects upon the verses of Quran Kareem and is thinking about it, it is permissible and is a part of a It is permissible to think any thoughts during salah which are part of a with one's volition. However, thoughts which are not a bada, for example, how should I increase my income? How do I spend my money? We should not be bringing these thoughts into our minds with our own volition. If they come into our mind during Salah without our volition, they are not disruptive to developing Hushu. However, when a person becomes aware that such extraneous thoughts are coming and start deliberately thinking about them, this is impermissible. So when a person becomes aware of such extraneous thoughts during Salah, they should start concentrating on the words of Salah again. Once a person said to Hazrat Dr. Abdullah Rehmatullahi, Hazrat, I am very worried because my salah are of no use. When I perform sajda, my mind gets flooded with all sorts of dirty thoughts. What use is such a sajda? It's like just hitting your forehead on the ground. Hazrat "Hazrat, Dr. Sahib replied, What do you think about the quality of sajda you do? He said, Hazrat, it's a very dirty and impure sajda because of the dirty thoughts I get during it. Hazrat Dr. Sahab said, "Uh, you are right. How can you do such an impure sajda in front of Allah Ta'ala? Because the sajda we do to Allah Ta'ala should be a very pure one. Why don't you start doing uh, this sajda in front of me instead? The person exclaimed in surprise, "Hazrat, what are you saying? How can I do sajda in front of you? Hazrat Dr. Sahab replied. So have you realized that now that your sajda is only for Allah Ta'ala no no matter how imperfect it is and how many dirty thoughts you are getting during it, you still cannot do such that in front of any other human being or being uh, except Allah Ta'ala. Therefore, your sajda is pure and Inshallah, all the impure thoughts you are getting during it against your will will not harm it to be continued in part two. Thanks.